This is a podcast all about bisexuality. It will be spread out over the course of three episodes and we'll touch on all sorts of issues, experiences, attitudes, stereotypes and history around bisexuality. Of course, not everyone fits neatly into the bisexual box, so many of the topics we'll cover will also include pansexuality and the general label of queer. I'm your host, Helena, and I'm not the only voice you're going to be hearing on this podcast. I interviewed a load of people who all identified as bisexual, pansexual, and queer, and I asked them questions. A lot of questions. My participants gave some really interesting answers, and I can't wait for you to hear all about and take part in this discussion. Welcome to the By and By. Coming out of our cage and we've been doing just fine. This is the first episode of the By and By coming out. I thought, to begin this episode, I'd introduce you to my participants, the many different ways in which they identify, and what their identities mean to them. Bisexual. Bisexual. Same. Pan, but it's just easier to tell people that you're bi because it just avoids so many questions. I am a trans male who is also rather gender fluid, uh, and I am bisexual. I identify as bisexual, but I have a preference towards men. I identify as bisexual, but I wouldn't particularly object to being called pansexual. Pansexual. Bisexual. Pansexual. Queer. Bisexual. Bisexual. I think I'm pansexual. Bisexual. Um, I identify as bisexual, but recently I've started identifying more under the label of queer. Um, I use both queer and bi. For me, queer comes with like an associated set of more radical politics. I don't really know what I identify as. I generally go with bisexual because most people know what it means, uh, but I probably more fit with the pansexual label, but also I kind of hate labels. Personally, I would rather not use a label, but I feel that like I have to. I'm a bisexual female and that means that I'm attracted to more than one sex. That's pretty much all it means to me. I've always identified as bisexual as I am attracted to both females and males. However, I do find this to be a bit of a rigid box as I am more inclined to have relationships with males and I can also be attracted to those who identify as non-binary. I experience attraction to people in kind of two separate ways, like people I read kind of vaguely as, if not male, then certainly in like the masculine category of, of who I'm attracted to versus um, the feminine category by who I'm attracted to. Like the, the, the attraction I feel to them is not the same thing. There's a quote by a bi activist called Robin, Robin something, um, that says, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that I have in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one sex and or gender not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree. My own personal definition of it is just being attracted to two or more genders. Yeah. Yeah. So initially I was saying it was the binary, but as I've learned more, I've come to think that it, it's not exclusive to the binary of man and woman. Yeah. It includes everything else. Yeah. For me, it feels more like my gender and other genders. Being a pansexual cis girl means to me that I'm attracted by features that are not traditionally gender specific. I, ju I just think I, I have like 
every opportunity to be attracted to anyone, regardless of their gender. Mainly just about being open. Everything in this world is so fluid and you have to understand so much that there's literally no point in trying to label everything that you see. Some people say you shouldn't use it labels, but sometimes labels are good to know what you don't want to be. I had to think about it for a year and, and research it and just kind of think, you know, should should I uh, even consider this? And when I did, it changed my life. Every, everything just clicked into place and I was like, that's it. I don't really know what my sexuality is, so queer is really good for me. And it also... Um, encompasses other identities other than sexuality. So for me, gender, that's really good. A lot of people don't realise that you can change labels because yeah. labels are just boxes that to help you figure out your identity. Honey, just be what you want and I'll probably kiss you because you're cute. <laughs> Without even intending to collect a wide variety of identities within bisexuality and non-homosexual queerness, my interviewees showed me a huge range of labels, lack of labels, and different ways of thinking about sexuality. Even within not being gay and not being straight, there's no overarching consensus. So with all this variety in what may have seemed homogenous before, you might have some questions. Like, what's the difference between bisexual and pansexual? It's really difficult to explain the difference. I don't really get the difference because my a definition of bisexual includes all genders, but yeah. I think that's just the way that the terminology has sort of evolved over time. I as gender issues have become more well explored, explored like, yeah. understood. I don't think the word really existed when I was a, um, a teenager. Um, I'd say pansexual came about when people like assumed or thought of bisexuality as just being attracted to a binary man and woman, and then pansexuality evolved out of that thinking we want to be with, we don't necessarily exclude mm. anyone. And then as time has progressed, bisexuality has also meant not excluding anyone. Um, and hence, like, they've just kind of become on a par. Also, I use bisexual over, like, pansexual because mm. people understand it a little bit Also, I, I just feel like it's got more history behind it. Yeah. yeah. The difference between bisexual and pansexual isn't entirely clear. It's almost like the words evolve from their Latin origins. But, in either case, the distinction from other sexualities seems to be the connotation of multiplicity, in theory, not necessarily in practice. Someone using the labels of bisexual or pansexual might use these labels to connote a three-dimensionality in their attraction to others. And you've also got asexuality and aromanticism, a lack of experienced sexual or romantic attraction, respectively, which can overlap with labels like bisexual. Someone might identify as panromantic and asexual, meaning they have feelings for people of any gender, but no sexual feeling. Or someone might be bisexual and homoromantic, meaning they only feel romantic attraction for members of the same sex. I know this can feel quite confusing, but my point is, it's not very black and white. It is confusing. Something that's interesting to me as well is the way in which people realise their sexuality. Some people grew up knowing or feeling that they were bi or pan, but some people had a certain moment of discovery, triggered by an experience perhaps. And there are endless different forms this experience can inhabit. I didn't know that everybody wasn't bisexual when I was growing up. I thought I was straight, but I assumed that everyone also liked girls. I get a lot of people going, oh, you don't really know what you are because you're going through puberty and your hormones are changing and you'll just never know. And you're too young. Uh, you're too young. My response to that is, so I'm old enough to know I'm straight. When I was 
10 in primary school. I had like a thing with my female best friend for, for a, a thing for a 10 year old. I never really thought about it. I was like bi all along there. And I was like, what What am I doing? Like, why, why did I ever think I was straight? And I was like, oh, it's such a shame I can't date girls because I'm straight. Like, it's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was so dumb. And I think it's difficult as well when you are attracted to the gender that everyone says you're meant to be attracted to, yeah, yeah. to realise that there's attraction outside of that yeah, as well yeah. as that as well. Because you're like, oh no, so I do like this demographic. So, you know, that's fine. I'm normal. A few of my female respondents told me stories of them realising they were in love with one of their best friends. It almost feels like a cliche, like whenever I tell anyone, oh yeah, the first person that I like dated or was like in love with was my best friend, and everyone's like, oh yeah, me too. It's like, okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> it was funny because I've always been obsessed with girls, like in my life, when I was in school, when I was in college, and I always had really close female friendships, so I was like... I'm not sure if I want to be you or if I want to kiss you. Oh, gosh. When I was about uh, 17, whenever I was drunk, I'd always uh, get off with um, a very good friend of mine in the nightclub. And she was really upset when I never remembered. But then I'd only ever snog girls when I was really, really drunk. These experiences took place ranging anywhere from nursery to primary school to high school to adult life. And one of my male participants, Alex, told me about a similar experience, but he only realised his feelings retroactively years later. Oh, okay, so I had... I keep a diary now of all these, like, horror revelations. <laughs> and I remember there was a friend who... We were in sixth form, and we, um, we didn't see each other properly for a few years. And then we went skiing together a couple of years ago, and I was, like, thinking about our friendship. And then... I was, like, thinking about our history as friends, and I was like, holy crap, like, I totally, like, had a gay experience with, like, maybe you didn't feel it, but in my mind I was, like, doing a little gay fantasy experience. (laughs) I think Alex now would, like, be like, you were flirting hard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that was not, looking back, and even at the time, you're like, that was not innocently motivated, and you were, like, hiding an erection while you were wrestling, and you know that. But at the time, it was just, like, funny. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh! In a 1977 article by Blumstein and Schwartz, they noted that in their studies, quote, men and women differed in the ease with which they incorporated homosexual activity into their lives. Women found initial experiences much less traumatic than men. Women often felt that such activities were a natural extension of female affectionate behaviour and did not have implications for their sexuality. Men, on the other hand, were much more preoccupied with what the experience meant for their masculinity, sometimes fearing that they might never again be able to respond erotically to a woman. Another one of my participants, Arthur, told me about his journey of discovering his sexuality alongside discovering his gender. Because, you know, I came out uh, 15 officially as bisexual, actually, and the next day I was like, no, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> you know, sort of test it's the such water. a stereotype of, yeah. like, bisexual people just can't make up their minds. Exactly, and I'm like, oh my god, that doesn't happen. I look back at myself, I'm like, crap. Because <laughs> I only recently, when I came out as trans, came out as bisexual, and wow. I've sort of still kind of been experimenting what it means to me. Because before I was like, no, I'm a lesbian, men are disgusting, mm. And then I sort of came out as male, and then I was like, oh wait, I thought they were disgusting because I was repressing my own feelings about my own gender and sort of projected it on them. 
Funny the way sexuality works. I mean, it's not always as clean and simple as we'd like it to be. Sometimes it's a really drawn out process, and sometimes we go in and out of the proverbial closet, and sometimes we change labels. It can be mentally exhausting. Which is why some people, during their period of discovery, won't label their sexuality until later, or they'll use a phrase like bi-curious, which, oddly, can be a point of contention. Anyone that's bisexual has a, has a point where they, they're kind of guessing what they are, and I think that's kind of like the definition of exploring with that. There was one moment when I had my first female crush that I was like, yep, that, yeah. I'm not bi-curious, I am bisexual, I figured it out kind of thing. And I feel like bi-curious is a little more like a stepping stone. For me, it was a stepping stone to kind of realize what was going on and to to just think a little bit harder about it. I have no problem with people who are like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling a bit like this, and they try it out, and they're like, you know, that was nice, but it's not for me. It's helpful in a way because, like, and it's just self-discovery, but the way that it's used, I feel like it's used as sort of, like, mostly straight people use it. It's like, oh, it's okay, I'm bi-curious, when they're just, like, drunk. There is a certain caution we have to take about um, people taking up space in, in queer spaces who aren't actually queer just because they're like, oh, I might be bi, everyone's a little bit bi, aren't they, blah, blah, blah. I think that is a thing, but, I mean, that's a hypothetical, and, it's, you know, it's if it's a thing, it's a tiny minority. Nine times out of ten, like, they're probably one of us. Obviously, many of my participants had different feelings about the term bi-curious, but I'm not here to find a solution and stamp the case file solved. All these different opinions are important. They create a dialogue and a point of discussion within the bisexual community. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Bisexual community is going to be the theme of the next episode. We're going to talk about bi-culture, mental health, and our relationship with the rest of the LGBTQ community. But something I do want to touch upon here is the word gay. Yep gay. Oh, I mean gay as in bisexual. Okay, you might understand what I'm talking about and you might be completely lost. What I mean is how people who aren't gay but aren't straight are using the word gay to refer to themselves. I've seen and heard it a bunch amongst young bisexual and trans people. So why are they doing it? Sometimes it's easier to hide behind saying, oh, I'm gay instead of like explaining Especially at a gay club, it's gonna explaining why you're bi or like if you're actually bi. I mean, I use it. All I the use time. it all the time, <laughs> but I only use it like I, I'll only use it as the gays. Yeah, I, it's almost like a <laughs> like, joke. It's it's a noun, it's not not, an, not the adjective. Yeah, like, they're the gays, and I like <laughs> and 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 because because LGBTQ is long, and. Queer has its a own issues, and a lot of people, a lot of people are maybe not comfortable with it. I'll use the gays when I know it doesn't matter. But if it's like a formal setting, always LGBTQ yeah. people, and anyone that isn't one of the gays has to say LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah. they're Anyone not allowed. They're not allowed to save the time. They need to do like, <laughs> <So> <laughs> say it all. But I uh, yeah. Um, so yes, for fun, from someone within the community. Um, also, like, I'm not gay, so like, I still <laughs> yeah. find it funny referring to myself as a yeah, gay. I think I, um, as long as it's funny. not meant, like, it goes back to the idea of just, like, as long as it's not meant seriously. If it's, like, it's a joke, isn't it? It's banter. It's nothing serious. If yeah. I said to the group, I was like, gays, pay attention, everyone would pay attention. <laughs> yeah. I'd get a few laughs here and there. It's yeah. funny. But if I said, ear, gay, I don't know. Or if you, if you were, <laughs> like, at a formal setting and you were, like, 
yeah, our society is, you know, fighting for the rights of gay people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you mean everyone. Like, that's just not appropriate. Yeah. yeah. But then again, you wouldn't say, oh, I'm straight. Or like, oh, I'm so straight. Yeah, you yeah. would never say that. So, which is really interesting when you think about it. Like, you, you wouldn't wear a suit and then go to an office and be like, oh, my God, I'm so straight. Like, maybe gay is being used badly still. It's kind of like that whole straight is the default thing and gay yeah. is like a character. Yeah. So you can be so gay, but you can't be so straight because it's the norm. Yeah. See, I watched... Uh, uh, do you know watch Saturday Night Live? Sometimes, yeah. That's amazing. There was a sketch about, um, like, J-pop, and this guy was like, if there's a loving form of racism, that's it. And I've kind of been like, damn, that's so true. But then also thought about that's kind of a loving form of, like, homophobia, maybe. Mm. Because it is put into a character. It's clearly, again, a very complex issue. So when you have your sexuality figured out, if you ever do, you've got to figure out how to tell other people. Or do you? When I asked my interviewees about their experiences of coming out, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotations, I saw that coming out is not the same for everyone by a long shot. Not everyone formally comes out. Many people don't actually ever come out to their parents, to their friends, or out loud to anyone. And if and when people do come out, it's a completely unique experience. In my head for years, I had played up coming out and I assumed that, you know, I had friends that would reject me for who I am or tell me I was lying or my family wouldn't accept me and everyone was fine with it. Coming out to one of my friends was great because they said, I maybe like girls a little and I just said, me too. That was the easiest one. One friend was like, do you find me attractive? I'm like, you're not my type. So good. <laughs> Eventually my bum just asked me and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Funny, my dad just kind of assumed. <laughs> my boyfriend was a bit weirded out by it at first, but I just kind of went up to him and I'm like, I don't think I'm straight. He's like, Are you breaking up with me? I'm like, no, 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 no. Kind of, but it was an accident. <laughs> One of my parents found some of my stuff and they found out and they were like really mad. So I, was, I kind of had to pass off as a joke. I was like, haha, just a meme. Please don't kick me out. <laughs> I don't necessarily see it as my parents' business, you know? I remember being anxious and worried about doing it because I was home for a few days and then I chose like the night before the morning I was leaving to tell them. <laughs> I was I was specific when I was a kid. I, I told um, my grandmother that I liked girls when I was about 10 and um, because obviously coming from a northern family um, that went down really really badly. Uh, she said you know you can't be that way around here you'll get made fun of you have to hide that. You you can't you cannot be telling people what you are. Um, and took me to church as well. And the, and the vicar said, "You do know you'll go to hell if you admit that you like girls." And so I was like, "Okay, I'll just not admit that then." I have lost friends in coming out to them. You you, you think you know somebody, you tell them who you are, and they stop talking to you. I'm not out to my grandparents, and I think that's the case for a lot of the LGBTQ people. And I feel like the idea of coming out is like really flawed in itself because like I'm pretty much read as straight unless I'm like holding hands with my partner. 
So I have to come out like every single time I meet someone anyway. And I've just like let it sort of seep out. Like I haven't hidden it on social media or anything mm, like yeah. that. Just like let people, like people, I'm just assuming everyone knows. <laughs> you know, like my, you know, my great aunt who lives in Italy probably I don't need to go and tell her. She probably seen it on my face. She does say. What does it matter? Though? Yeah, it's yeah. But I feel like as well, you come out to friends almost like every day on a daily basis. Yeah. People who don't know you that well, and you're just like, oh, by the way, definitely gets easier. I reckon. If someone asks, I'll tell them. It didn't seem like a thing that needed to be a statement. So a lot of people have already accepted me as a queer individual. On my Facebook profile, if you go and have a look, it says that I'm interested in men and women, and I did that in the middle of the night once. I needed to have it out there somewhere at least so if I'm not telling my parents all it would take is for them to check my Facebook page for example mm. not that they ever do but like I needed it out there somewhere it's like a very covert way of coming yeah. out um, it's there if you want to find yeah, it yeah if you go deep enough it's there social media is like a really interesting way to like distantly like kind of out yourself uh, with no fallout so like images appearing together so I'm Ella I came out by <laughs> changing my usernames of all my social media to bisexuala and that was quite nice because I sort of like almost made a joke of it before other people did. I don't think I've ever properly spoken about it with my mum. I think she just knows. My parents are like, mm, they should know. They should know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. subtle. So I sort of came out to my parents, but I think they probably knew that I wasn't straight. And I think actually coming out as bisexual, bisexual was a big surprise to them. They thought they were expecting a coming out as gay. Wow. And so coming out as bisexual, I mean, my dad sort of accepted it quite quickly. But my mum, I think her idea is an idea of what lots of people have is that people come out as, guys come out as bisexual as like a precursor to coming out as mm, gay. It's like softening the period. For me, I haven't come out to family I don't know if I ever will come out to my parents because they're the kind of people who they say that they're not homophobic but kind of the things that they say kind of are just kind of quite casually. I never would come out to my dad or like any like side of that that side of the family. Do you feel comfortable talking about why? They're just homophobic and they just they just don't understand it at all. Um, I remember when I was 16, I'd say, I was like sat at the table and it was like a Sunday and we always used to have like family lunch together and I sat down and I had a septum piercing at the time and my stepmom's mum just turned around and was like, fucking hell, if you want to disappoint your dad anymore, you may as well tell him you're a lesbian and then just like carried on eating and I was just like, oh shit. So I've just never like even thought about it, like... There's literally no point in me coming out because they just won't get it. So, from supportive environments to hostile ones, the reception for announcing your sexuality can be a bit dicey. Sometimes you don't know how someone's going to react. Oh my god, you're bi? Have you ever had a threesome? Do you prefer boys or girls? Does cheating count if it's a girl cheating on a guy with another girl? As you'll know if you're bi and out, questions like this don't only come from straight people. Even within the LGBTQ community, we face the burden of having to educate people about our sexuality. Here are some things my interviewees told me about some weird responses to their coming out. I had a um, boyfriend when I was 14 and he, at the time, identified as, as bisexual. And I remember him talking to me and he was like, yeah, I don't mind you kissing girls. And I was like, what? That's still cheating. I once went on a date and I was like, he was like talking about some female celebrity and he was like, oh, would you, like, 
if you weren't gay, would you, like, would you get with her? I was like, I don't know, it was a weird, <laughs> it was a weird ass question. And then I was like, well, I'm bi, so yeah. And he was like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah. I, uh. <laughs> he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, why did you say that? He's like, oh, I can just tell. Ooh. And I was like, you've known me for 10 minutes. <laughs> this was early. And, he had two, and, it, and we had two for one cocktails. So we had like two cocktails. I had to stay there for ages. It was awful. <laughs> and he kept being like, is everything okay? Have I said something wrong? And I was like, yeah, you have. <laughs> like, what, what do you think you know about me? And then I remember he was like, I don't know, maybe if I like read some articles or some literature on bisexuality or something like from someone who's bi, explain it to me. I was like, okay, well, I'm a bi person. <laughs> Ask me the questions you have. <laughs> Why do you need to read literature? Like, I'm literally sitting in front of you. It was the most awkward thing. At least you got your cocktails, though. Well, yeah, I wish I dragged them really fast. <laughs> he did not, though, and I was too awkward to just leave. So. Oh, God. Oh, That's a great story. <laughs> That's always the reaction I get. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, from someone I've never met before. As if they, like like we were saying before, is if they can just look at you and just, like, know. Like, the thing that you most hear is, like, oh, just choose one, ha-ha, ha-ha. The best one is, um, but you've not slept with a woman, which is true, mm-hmm. so therefore you must be um, gay. Um, and I'm like, no. To this person who hadn't had sex with a man and was a woman, I said, but you've not slept with a man, therefore how do you know you're straight by your lo- logic that you've just shown me? Mm-hmm to which their arguments fell apart in pieces, which I was, like, quite happy about. Um, <laughs> Just about the, the stereotype of bisexual, pansexual people is that we are somehow more open-minded and sexually promiscuous and therefore are willing to uh, have threesomes or, I don't know, just are more wild in sex or something like that uh, is ridiculous and also kind of scary because as an Asian girl, I already get fetishized so much. And the fact that bisexual people and pansexual people also get fetishized, it just um, feels a little daunting and scary. When I date guys and tell them I'm bi, the first thing they usually ask is, how many girls have you slept with? Or they say something like, that's so hot. Okay, biphobia is to be expected, sadly, from non-LGBTQ plus people. But from our own community? From people who face similar marginalization? It seems crazy that even gay people hold these ridiculous preconceptions and make offensive statements, but some do. And a few of my participants talked about seeing this on dating apps. Uh, Grinder. One person had their like title, or whatever, as straight guy. Interesting. And then he's only being bi doesn't exist, but he was a straight guy, in air quotes. As far as I'm aware, there's no popular bisexual dating app. If you're bisexual, you either use a straight dating app or you use a gay dating app. Oof. No, Tinder is just full of so many couples looking for threesomes. Yeah. So many! But my experiences with being on Grindr and saying I'm bi are just like gay guys. Are so, there's so many gay guys. I think that their experience was of coming out as bi and then being gay. Mm. And very much like, yeah. as a lot of things, their experience is obviously the only experience. So, like, so people many people just... saying, oh no, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Or like, oh sure, sure, yeah. I see a lot of things on dating apps, especially amongst amongst lesbians, that is like, I, would, I don't date bisexuals, and it's like, oh, cheers. So, what makes people hold these opinions? Well, there are many, many factors that can influence someone's attitude towards bi and pan people. 
I asked my participants about the different things that compel people, gay, straight or otherwise, to hold stigma about bisexual people. And one of the biggest answers I got was about generational differences. Thinking about it now, interestingly, I've never actually spoken about bisexuality necessarily with an older bisexual person. Whoever I speak to about it is either straight or gay. I think I I wonder if there's a possible there's a lot of thing about a bi- once a bisexual person like settles down with someone mm. of like a gender often the like pressure is to then identify as that. Yeah. I wonder if like a lot of older people just then identified as whatever gender they the whatever sexuality they were with yeah. long term and I guess that's a lot of older people are with someone yeah long term. For my generation, it's like a, a really it was either heterosexual or. Uh, you know, lesbian, and you, you couldn't be in between. It's been a minefield for me, really, over the past couple of years, yeah. When I came out to my little sister, she must have been, like, 11 or something. She was literally, like, bov, like, whatever. Okay, cool. <laughs> if you ask my grandparents, they'll probably be like, what's that? If you ask my parents, they'll be maybe a little bit weird about it, but they know what it is. And if you ask my friends, especially my uni friends, they understand it to a level that is like completely normal like it's accepted in the same way kind of being gay and lesbian is there's all these statistics isn't there of kids nowadays and like oh, yeah. vast proportions of them identify as like not straight not mm, yeah, straight. The same i think it's sort of like the, the lines are blurring identity is super complex and your sexuality is only one aspect of you For example, a few of my participants talked about the intersectionality of their sexuality with their family's culture. You can just really see the divide, kind of, like, just in differences of who you're talking to, like where I'm from, Nigeria. Things like mental health, sexuality, like, deviance from the norm, it's, like, very taboo. You shouldn't talk about it, you shouldn't be it. And it's, like, really quite violent towards it. And it's only after I moved to England that, like, things aren't perfect here, like, by any means, but it's a lot more open to talk about. My black family are way less accepting, but I believe this is due to the religious aspects and also the fact that many African countries, including Kenya, where they come from, homosexuality and bisexuality are illegal. Ah, I'm brown. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know. I remember speaking to my mum about this. I think, see, my family are quite liberal for an Indian family, but there's definitely that whole, there's a lot of that culture of kind of having arranged marriages and Mm -hmm. stuff. Those are always heterosexual. Of course, of course, they would. I wish someone would arrange me a gay marriage, like please. <laughs> and there's that whole culture as well of like, uh, what's it called? Where you marry someone, but it's not real marriage. Oh, a beard. There's like a lot of that in yeah. India with like queer people. I mean, the thing is like these places like India and like uh, Thailand and all these places they have like really big queer communities, mm. but a lot of it is underground. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of them are oppressive, but not all of them are. But also, we've yeah. got plenty of problems of our own. It's the yeah. whole colonial yeah, yeah. attitudes. Like, like India, yeah. they, like, legally recognise, um, like, I think it's pronounced like hijras or something. It's, like, as, like, a third gender. It's, like, mm. a group of people who, like, identify as, like, third gender. <coughs> um, and they're legally recognised so they can be protected. Like, that's something that the UK government hasn't done, you know. They haven't recognised non-binary people. Ray is right. Hydra... That's H-I-J-R-A, is a legally recognised gender in India. Hedras encompass eunuchs, intersex people and transgender people, 
and according to Homa Kalili, writing for The Guardian, have been part of South Asian culture for a long, long time. Eunuchs, that's castrated men, were celebrated in the Kama Sutra, and it's the British who colonised in 1897 who passed a law criminalising them. Of course, there's issues of transgender people feeling that they don't want to be included under the umbrella of Hydra, but in terms of even introducing this legislation, India and other countries such as Nepal, Pakistan and Bangladesh are leaps and bounds ahead in terms of progressiveness. So, it's important not to generalise countries or continents on how they treat LGBTQ people. Every country and even every region within a country treats people of any given demographic in their own way. And, unfortunately, being LGBTQ in the UK is not always harmonious with certain cultures or ethnicities. According to Stonewall's 2017 school report, only 40% of LGBT young people have an adult at home they can talk to about being LGBT. For black, Asian and minority ethnic LGBT young people, this falls to 28%. And it's important to have someone to be honest with about your sexuality, no matter what your heritage or age is. So, I've led us into a slightly depressing, statistically proven corner here, but on the optimistic side of things, when I asked my participants if they thought attitudes about bisexuality are changing, here's what they said. I think the younger we seem to get, because of how more accepting we've become as a society, younger people are growing up in a more accepting society that's easier to talk to them about it. But I definitely think that the lines are blurring now, um, and with that comes the idea that older people, from my experience, straight and gay, are becoming much more accepting. Yeah. They actually think, they actually think it's a legitimate um, orientation. And it goes back to that idea of like moving away from the lesbian and gay um, dichotomy of you know, not being straight. It must be either lesbian or gay, and it kind of is moved away from that to more like, for example, LGBTQ+. Try to be more inclusive and people yeah. actually accepting that there are other things. Yeah, yeah, I think so. A it's lot of it's just slightly. like media awareness and stuff. I, I think it's a great era to be, uh, you know, be whatever sexuality you are in. I think people are a lot more embracing. So it looks like there's hope, yeah. I want to end this episode with a post I found on Tumblr. It specifically mentions women, but I think it can apply to anyone. It's by a user called Ruby Fruit Girl, and it says, quote, I know a lot of lesbians that used to identify as bi who worried that coming out as a lesbian would contribute to invalidating bisexuality in some way by making it seem like a stepping stone to coming out as gay. I've also known bi women who identified as lesbians and changed their labels later and worried that they were contributing to some kind of idea about how men can turn lesbians. I just wanted to say that it's no individual lesbian or bi woman's responsibility to fix straight people's perceptions of us. Like, it's not your duty to serve as a political symbol, it's your duty to find happiness, even if that means changing your label at some points." Unquote. And I totally agree. Whatever label or lack of you choose to use, your sexuality is exactly that. Your sexuality. You don't even have to explain it to anyone. And if you're in a situation where it's not safe for you to come out, or you feel like you have to lie, hang in there. There's a lot of us. More than you realise. And one day, you will find someone you can talk to. In the meantime, if you need to talk to someone, the LGBT plus switchboard helpline number is 0300-330-0630. So, 
this has been episode one of the by and by i hope you enjoyed it i hope you stick around for next week's episode which is on the theme of community we'll be talking about issues relating to the lgbtq plus community whether there even is a bi community and what can happen when you don't have a community was the first episode of The By and By, a podcast by me, Helena McCormack, for the Stonewall Young Campaigners programme. The theme tune for The By and By is I Want to Kiss You by The Spook School, and all background music was by Sus Farman. The cover artwork is by Lois Tierney Illustration. You can find links to all of their work in the description, as well as the references for any claims made or texts cited in this episode. Thanks to all my interviewees for lending their time and sharing their stories, And thank you for listening. Stay tuned next week for an episode on community.